Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. And hello, Aligners. Welcome to another episode of The Alignment Show. This one is going to be a little different format. We are experimenting with going with a sort of hybrid format. We've got our main interview that has been recorded, uh, mainly because this week uh, our guest was unable to be here at our scheduled time. But then it also occurred to me this could be a good way of dealing with Murphy's Law. You may remember a week or two back, we had a, a guest who had technical issues getting on live. I like being on here live with the folks who are able to join us at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesdays. And I'm going to continue doing that. But we may have our main interview recorded. That way we can get the best of both worlds. So um, to give you a little bit of background on our guest today, I met Jen Haston through a group I mention frequently on here, the Speakers Speak Live group that meets at noon on Wednesdays on Facebook. I'll be telling you guys a little more about that group later on with another show. But uh, Jen is a part of that group, and I noticed from the very beginning she's one of those people that's that's always got a good energy about her. She's very professional, but she's also uh, uh, very supportive, not that those two are, are in opposition to each other, but just always that that supportive approach. And I found out that she's had some challenges in her own life. So I thought it would be good to bring her on here and talk about how she ran into some of the issues during the pandemic that we sometimes mention in conjunction with why we even have this show. Another thing that is going to be changing, by the way, with the show is that we now have sponsorships. So just very short message to tell you about one of those. This week's episode is sponsored by me, not so much confidencecultivators.com, but me, Don King. I am writing a book and I'm putting the process out there in front of everybody. Uh, not exactly writing naked, but, you know, just putting it out there so that folks can be in on the inside. As I say, sometimes you like to know how the sausage is made. And so if you would like to follow along with that process, uh, I've put a, a link up on the screen. Those of you who are listening to audio only, you can go to donaldking.com. That's D-O-N-N-E-L-L-K-I-N-G.com slash 3-Y-O, Y-N-O in lowercase. The reason for that is because the book, right now, the working title is The Way of the Three-Year-Old Why. Talking about that three-year-old why is one of my signature speeches, and we're going to turn that into a book. It's going to be one of those business fables. If you're familiar with The Go-Giver, if you're familiar with um, uh, all the, there are a variety of things, uh, Who Moved My Cheese, uh, a number of, uh, it's really a genre now, the business fable, the business parable. And so if you'd like to follow along with that, go to donaldking.com slash 3YO, and you can be a part of that. In any case, glad to have you with us today. 
Uh, we're still working out this new format, and so it'll be slightly awkward because I'm going to turn it over to myself on the recording, who's going to do a little bit more of the introduction. I will come back live at the end, and those of you who might be uh, chatting, uh, I'll still be able to see the chats. I won't interrupt the recording to comment, but we may share your chats right here on the screen, and I will get back to you in any case in our discussion. So now let's get to our recorded interview. And a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. In fact, I may have already said that to you because what you're about to see is recorded. I intend to do a live introduction. I don't know if I'll remember doing that or not, but in any case, we are very happy to have with us today, Jen Haston. I've already told you a little bit about how Jen and I met, so let's go ahead and bring Jen on. Jen, welcome to the show. Glad you could be here. Me too, John. How are you doing? Doing okay, doing okay. We are recording this um, the weekend before, really, when this is intended to be broadcast. So not much magic. <laughs> Indeed, the, the magic of the internet. And so uh, just again, a reminder for folks watching this, uh, it is being streamed live. I am uh, my, uh, th th this is like split personality. You know, my, my real self is monitoring the chat, could pop in here at any moment, maybe even pause the recording if we need to respond to people who are, are talking to us live. But this is a live conversation and it's going to keep that feel because we don't edit these things. So, um, Jen, I, I remember when um, you and I have talked a little bit about your background that you went through a, a time during the pandemic, you know, and just a little quick side note here for folks who watch the show regularly. This kind of got inspired by people reassessing their values during the pandemic. But some of the guests we've had on had that reassessment 30 years ago. So you were somebody who actually faced this during the pandemic. Uh, you had a sudden change in your work situation where you had to confront this whole idea of what's important to you. So tell us a little bit about that background, how you got where you are now. Sure, Don. Well, um, during the pandemic, I, I had to pivot just like everybody else, right? Somebody had to find a different way to do things. The way that we did things, shaking hands went away, all the casual hugging, all the things that we took for granted, they all went away in 2020, just stopped, right? And one of the things that happened was a job that I felt pretty secure in uh, did some layoffs. And so all of a sudden I didn't have a job anymore. And uh, as somebody who ties a lot of self-worth to my job, to the thing that I do all day, every day, it was very difficult. And one of the things that the pandemic gave me, which is a weird way to say it, is the idea that life is short. And I mean, you don't have to go very far to know that life is short. There's loss all around us. There are people who have uh, lost their lives because of COVID. There are people who've lost their lives because of complications. There's a lot of different things that um, are around us to say life is short. And so it made me really stop and think, okay, so so what do I really want to do? And it kind of brought me back to my roots of when I first started looking for a job. I had just graduated from high school because I did not go to college right out of school. Um, I went later and uh, I still am going now. I'm actually in pursuit of my bachelor's degree in psychology right now. Ah, great. Congratulations. Um, thank, you. Yeah. thank you. And uh, one of the things that I learned during that journey is I kept talking to people to say, you know, how did you get into your job? Like, what do you do and why do you do it? And 
things like that. I mean, it ranged from coding to customer satisfaction all over the spectrum. And the answers I got were kind of disappointing because people said, oh, I fell into it. My significant other got me this job, uh, you know, and then when I ran into somebody who did coding, their eyes lit up when they talked about coding. And they said, this is, this is what I love to do. And I fell into it because I went to a camp just on the spur of the moment and decided this is what I wanted to do. And I decided that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to find something that lit me up like a Christmas tree that got me excited, that made me say, you know what, this is what I want to do. And, and, and let me interrupt you just a moment to make sure people know what we're talking about. When you say coding, what are you talking about? People who write language for computers in okay. the simplest form. So we're not talking about like medical coding or whatever. It is no. the underlying stuff that makes computers do what they do. So exactly. computer programs, web stuff, uh, is yes. that is it HTML, that Java, all of that stuff. So Okay. So that lights you up. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want to make sure. Oh no, that's fine. It doesn't light me up. It lit them up. And it let me it led me to the point of I want to feel that way about what I get up to do every day. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, so you're not you're not coding. What what do you you said just a moment ago, but I've already forgotten. What are you getting the degree in? Psychology. Okay. The way so that the brain works, the way that things fire and misfire, and how we connect to people, and how we're deeply driven by connection. That, that's almost like the coding that runs people, right? <laughs> I like it. Okay, okay, and that makes a lot of sense. But just that that sense of I can see the fire lighting up in your eyes by this. And, you know, the, the computer coding is not something I've done that before. I actually helped design a website for the for the state, uh, realized I enjoyed problem solving, but not so much the everyday part of the coding. So one of the things I hear from you is it's important for people to figure out the why, the why that matters to them. Uh, I have friends who get really excited by math. I can do math well, but I don't get excited by it. And so what was it about human psychology, the study of that, that spoke to your why? Now, what's the why for you at this point? Well, first, I have to back you up when you say that math doesn't excite you. You can do it. But because I had this huge milestone breakthrough about a month ago about math, because I spent most of my life hating it, having a fractious relationship with it, making lots of jokes about not liking math, listening to all of the things that people say about people not being able to do math at a certain point, it's just so hard. And uh, my, my dear friend who is a history teacher says, you know, there really isn't another subject that we put up with that. Nobody would say, oh gosh, English is so hard, I can't do it. Will we put up with that? No. We listen to people say that math is hard and we just kind of go on with our lives. And after spending most of my life really hating math, I just recently got a tutor and just all of a sudden things kind of clicked and I got over it for the statistics class that I just took for my college courses. And um, I went up with a C, which I'm very proud of. Um, more importantly though, the takeaway for me is that I don't hate math anymore. I understand it and I get it in a way that I didn't get it before. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and I think that that's actually connected to the question that you're asking me about psychology. The idea that something can be so absolutely distasteful and loathsome, and then something kind of changes a little bit and something twists a little bit. And then all of a sudden, my mom likens it to a kaleidoscope, right? Like you take a kaleidoscope and I would say, thank you so much for your advice. And she said, no, 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 I just shifted the kaleidoscope for you. Here's the picture. 
you turn it this way, all of a sudden it looks a little bit different. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things I love about psychology. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, there's uh, one of the old dead Greek guys, uh, Stoic philosopher Epictetus, uh, who said, of course, he said it in Greek, so this is a very loose translation. It's not what happens to you, but what you think about what happens to you that determines your experience. And that really fits in with what you're talking about with the, the nature of psychology and math and all those kind of things. I, I'm not somebody who's hated math. You know, I, there's parts of it that's exciting because of the problem-solving aspect. You know, and so, um, yeah, I, I, I relate to you there, although I have heard plenty of people. Again, folks who don't know me, I've spent uh, in my day job 40 years teaching uh, communication studies at a college level. So I have heard people who say, I hate English. I don't like English. I don't. They're usually the math people. You know, it's like two different ways of thinking. So yes. you have gotten excited about understanding how people think. Uh, and I'm, I've got going on the crawl here for folks who are seeing this. Uh, our website, confidencecultivators.com. I want to mention that because you can go there and get the show notes, uh, get some of the links that we're going to be talking about in just a moment. But I'm going to change that crawl to point to uh, uh, Jen's website. It is hastenhelpinghands.com. Now, that's all one word. There's no underscores or um, spaces in there for the folks who are listening, audio only. And you can always get that from the show notes, but hastenhelpinghands.com. In fact, let me, let me show that real quick here. Now, this is something that uh, has come about just in the last, what, last year or so, Jen, that you're working on this? Uh, actually, no, I've been a blogger for almost 12 years now. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so this is going on quite a bit here. In fact, uh, what I'm showing on the screen for folks who are just hearing this, uh, we're seeing some of the, uh, uh, the YouTube uh, aspects. Uh, let me make another change here. Let's see here. This is like this is like uh, running a starship. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to put up a QR code that goes to Jen's YouTube channel. And again, for those of you who are who are just watching this uh, or who are hearing this audio only, uh, we'll have that link in the show notes. Uh, now that you mentioned it, though, Jen, I've looked over your YouTube channel, and you've got a lot of material there, a lot, a lot of uh, just really solid, helpful stuff. So although you had this job change thing in the last year, uh, this is something that has been going on for quite a while for you. Yes? Yes, that's correct. So um, how, did you, how did you meld these things as you kept the day job? Now, oh. I think you're still doing a day job, but it's a different day job sure. now. So, oh, you know, yeah, very much so whatever you want to say about that, how do you pull those two together? That is a fantastic question, Don. Thank you for asking me that. Um, it leads into uh, one of my other passions, which is the life-work balance equation that I talk to my clients about. Um, one of the things that I talk about with that is that you always have to find time for you. Whatever it is that you're doing for your living, um, you know, it's, it's work to live, not live to work. And I think that that's an important distinction to make uh, as you're doing things. I'm also an actor. I have a swath of talents. Um, so, you know, when I'm when people are goodly enough to cast me in a show, I sing and dance upon the boards and it's very exciting. 
And um, it's definitely something that I work to find time to do it, right? And when I'm not doing a show, I have music lessons so I can keep my instrument strong. So when it is time to go on stage, I'm ready. And part of that balancing act is um, starting from here, which is, to, I think a lot of people get it backwards. It's like, here's the life, here's the work, here's all the stuff that we need to do. Okay, let me just put like a little dollop of self-care in there. And it doesn't really work that way because if you wait till the end, it's kind of like when you put savings aside, right? If you do savings at the end, you run out of money. If you do self-care at the top, you have a much better opportunity of actually getting it in and putting it on your calendar and being intentional about it. And that was something that um, I started when I was doing these uh, YouTubes. I actually started doing the YouTubes about a year and a half ago. So it was mostly a written blog. And then I realized that video is really the medium that people are going to more and more and more. I don't have to tell you that because here we are. Yeah. It's one of those things where people really respond to it. And it also kept me from going on and on and on loquaciously. And so I had to do it within a three minute mark. And so all of a sudden it was like, okay, I can do that. And that's, that's bite size. People can take that, move on with their day and do other things. Um, and one of the things I've always done is talked about what matters to me and being a passenger on the journey of being a better human is always going on, right? So uh, I think it's Sophie Bush who says, uh, you're at once a masterpiece and a work in progress. We all are. And so coming at it from the angle of, I'm working on this. This is kind of how this is going. Uh, maybe you find that helpful too. Okay. Okay. And this makes a lot of sense to me. In fact, I, I want to want to kind of focus a little deeper on that whole balance thing. I mean, we hear about work-life balance, and, and that doesn't mean equal. It means you have to plan for it and all that sort of thing. Um, quick context, folks. One of the reasons we're recording this is we had intended to do this live next Wednesday. And um, again, for folks just watching the show in general, I may move to doing the recording thing a little more simply because uh, we had last week a guest wasn't able to make it live at the last minute. Um, Jen has a change in her work setting that suddenly what we had scheduled wasn't working. Uh, today, as we went to record this, I was dealing with stuff for my partially disabled wife, lost track of time, and we started recording a half hour late. Now, you don't beat yourself up for those things. It's just part of, of life. But... Uh, I'm relating to that whole thing about if you if you put self-care last, it's just not going to get done. And yet there's these other things that we have to get done. You know, I can't I can't tell my and I have a severely disabled daughter that we deal with. You know, I, I can't tell her, sorry, hon, you know, dad's taking some self time right now. You know, so what's what's some practical ways that you would suggest that we can take care of ourselves while taking care of the responsibilities is it a back and forth like a seesaw you know like today i haven't eaten yet and that's okay it's a decision i made but if that becomes a pattern then it becomes a problem is that one way to put it i think that's one way to put it another way to put it is um you know you have the responsibilities that you need to take care of so you know about that uh, one of the things that I had to learn, my partner and I did, is that um, you have to outsource care because we all need breaks, right? So making sure that you make a plan for, okay, today is a rough day. I'm going to be really just pell-mell, running, running, running. Um, and then 
also, I know that on Sunday, I'm going to be able to take a break or on Tuesday, I'm going to be able to take a break or any one of those things. I mean, if you are a person of faith, not everybody is, but people of faith, you know, you have a Sabbath, right? So pick that day and take it to rest. You know, um, it, it's definitely something that I've been thinking a lot about in our pursuit of life work balance. Like, where do we really find balance? You know, because it's, you're working all the time. Lots of people are working from home. So those lines get really, really blurry. And so, yes, it's a seesaw, but it's also intentionally taking time ahead of time. Like I have a day off coming up in two weeks that I'm doing something with my daughter. I'm doing something for myself and I'm taking the day. And the one of the reasons that I'm doing that is because it will help me to get through any stressful things that are happening in the next couple of weeks knowing that I have that coming. And it sounds like a really good plan. And as we talked about earlier, the best laid plans sometimes go awry. And so then you have to, you have to pivot, you have to move, you have to say, okay, so that didn't work out or they're not going to be available to help me out. So I'm going to have to make another plan. It's just making it intentional. I think a lot of people miss the boat on that because it's like, I'm just, I'm in the business of life. I have to get this done and I have to get this done and I have to get this done. And you just, you know, we don't stop. We don't stop and say, okay, so what am I actually doing right now with my life? Like, am I just going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to wake up, to do the whole thing all over again? Or am I taking stock and am I deciding where my ship's going to go? Am I steering my ship or is my ship steering me? Hmm. hmm. There's a, oh, I wish I could remember the book. There's, it's, it's been mentioned a few times here recently in another group that I'm a part of. The mental image of the the rider of the elephant. Uh-huh. Now, what they're talking about there is is understand this is a psychology thing again, Jen. We tend to think that the logical parts in charge, whereas we're more like the rider on the elephant. The elephant's mm-hmm. going to go where the elephant wants to go, but the rider can not steer the way you steer a car, but influence the elephant, so to speak. Now, now that's talking about within human psychology, but I'm thinking now of applying that same metaphor in terms of, for lack of a better term, life planning, you know, the, the life balance thing. Um, I have a tendency to go to one extreme or the other. You know, I'll plan things. The old saying is, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Uh, and so I've gotten to where somebody asked me, well, what are your plans tomorrow? My response may be, what difference does it make? You know, because they're going to get changed. What I'm hearing you saying is it's important to go ahead and set your intentions, make your plans, but be flexible with them because they're going to change. Good summary? Yes. And I would add to that, find the place of rest before you absolutely need it. There is a a, a Dr. Christine Misserandino. She came up with this whole thing about spoons, if you know the spoon theory for chronic yep. illness. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and explain for thing, folks who haven't heard it, explain the spoon theory real quick. Absolutely. So um, we can also put it in the show notes as well, because there'll just be a link because attribution is very important to me. I want to make sure she gets the credit because it's her theory, not mine. Absolutely. So it's for chronic illness. So basically, when you wake up in the morning, you have a certain amount of spoons to put your clothes on, to get up out of bed, to put your shoes on, all of these things. The problem and, and, is you... And it's like ahead. having spoons of sugar, for example, like you've got a sugar bowl. Or, in fact, I think she was at the kitchen table when she came up with this, right? Absolutely. She so was talking only to so many friend spoons. of hers. Yeah, she was, um, she was at the table trying to explain to her friend what chronic illness felt like. 
And she said, okay, so let me see, how can I explain this to you? I only have a certain amount of spoons every day. The problem is you don't know how many spoons you have on a given day. And the way that you make those spoons last before you even start the day is by not getting enough sleep, not taking your medicine, not doing the things that you need to do. Um, and so I've extrapolated that theory to um, rest and making sure that you have enough rest so you can pour into other people, kind of like the ideas that you have to pour into yourself. When you're on the plane, they say, put your oxygen mask on before you put it on your kid. Uh, though you may love your kid, you will not be any good to them if you don't have oxygen. You will pass out and not be able to help them at all. Um, I like to call it spooning and respooning, right? So like a way to respoon is to do whatever it is that makes you happy. And this is a really important thing. My respoon looks nothing like someone else's respoon. Like for me, I would probably um, do my nails or I would go read a book or I'd watch a show that really makes me laugh. Um, for someone else, that sounds like, you know, not fun at all. Another friend of mine, she gets joy out of spreadsheets. She is an Excel person. She loves it. And it gives her so much joy to put the spreadsheet up and do her thing. And so that's the way that she respoons. And the idea is that you have people to help you with the spoons. The biggest thing though, I actually keep this on my desk to remind me to not give up my spoons um, and to not give up my last spoon, right? Because the last spoon is where you lose it and you snap or you do something. Um, it's known in psychological circles as halt, right? So it's if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, these are all things that can cause you to snap or be sharp with people or say something you don't mean and you absolutely cannot take back. Um, so the biggest thing is finding a new place to rest, right? So like if your bottom is here, try to find rest sooner, like right about here. And taking that theory further for the people who are just listening, think about the water like right at your neck instead of above your head, which is where most of us go until we're just like, you know what, I can't, I can't do anything else, I'm, I'm done. Um, you have to get to, I'm almost done. <laughs> Um, to help you learn more about listening to your body and how tired are you feeling and, you know, are you aggravated about something? And, you know, it, it all just gets so heightened. I'm sure we've all experienced that where you, you have a thing happen and it's just like, you know, if I hadn't been already so ramped up, I think that wouldn't have bothered me as much. Like on another day, I, I don't even think I would have noticed it. But because I'm so upset and so frustrated and so stressed out, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. now, that makes a lot of sense to me, especially experientially. Uh, let, let me ask this, and for anybody else who might be listening in a similar circumstance, uh, among the things that we deal with, of course, is dealing with the state bureaucracy. You know, and that they've got deadlines and all this kind of stuff. Um, without going into detail, we've been dealing with some of that here lately. And I ran into something the other day where I realized I was out of spoons. I actually thought of it that way because I, I know spoon theory, you know. But then I'm also thinking, okay, I'm out of spoons. I know that normally I would say I'm just done today, you know, and, and give myself that grace. But I also knew that the state does not give a damn about that. Excuse my French. And you know, if I miss the deadline, I miss the deadline. And so I just have to push through. Do you have any advice about when you, you know, obviously it's better to not be in that situation to begin with, you know, to know that you you need to plan in rest and all that kind of thing. Ideally. When, when you're just flat out of spoons, 
And if you don't go ahead and push, there will be something genuine that will be a dire consequence. In this case, it could have been um, her losing her insurance, which would be devastating. That's what pays for the nursing that keeps her alive. You know, so so how do you how do you manage in those situations while still respecting the fact that I'm very much aware of the fact that if I drop, it's going to affect a lot of the people around me. So I'm right on board with that whole thing about put your mask on before putting the mask on the other people. Any idea? Don, that's a that's a hard thing, right? Because when you're in it and you know that there are dire consequences if you don't show up and you don't do the thing that you need to do. I think the only thing I can say to that is um, I'll go back to intentionality, trying to set it up ahead of time. You can't set it up ahead of time. That's what you're telling me now. I think the biggest thing is taking a beat and giving yourself a little bit of rest. Even if you can't take a full rest, maybe take 10 minutes, go talk to a friend and say, I'm really under it. I just need you to listen to me. Um, you know, maybe there's a comedian you love. I get so much joy out of listening to comedians that make me laugh. And I can take about five or 10 minutes and do that and refresh. Um, I'm a big fan of dance parties. Uh, take a couple minutes and just dance and then come back and, and you'll have a little bit of refreshment. It won't be a full rest, but a, a mini rest is better than no rest at all. And so I think in a situation like that, give yourself permission to feel how you're feeling and understand that you're still going to push through because you have to push through and make the promise to yourself that you won't find yourself here again based on what you're going to do now. Wise counsel, wise counsel. I'm going to put that into place, and I think there's probably folks listening here who will need that advice as well. So, Jen, as I look at the clock, I know that, uh, you know, this is sort of a segment within that larger show, and I'm going to wind up doing the intro, or not the intro, the uh, uh, looking ahead to next week. Uh, let's look at wrapping up here. I always like to ask towards the end of an interview, uh, I'm always a generalist talking to specialists. There's probably something that you wish that I had asked that I didn't know enough to ask. What else should I have asked and what would be your response to that? I guess the thing you should have asked me is, am I working on anything right now? Ah, yes. Good, good question. Yes. So what are you working on now? What's coming next? I am delighted to tell you that I'm working on a book and it's going to be published next year. It's a body positivity book for children. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, best place for people to keep up with that is at your website or is there some other way to do that? Great question, Don. It will be actually on Instagram, which is at Hasten Helping Hands, which is also in the show notes. Um, but my Instagram is linked to my website. So my website is a great place to keep up with my book announcements. And okay, I do a excellent. Wednesday message every week uh, to tell people how to be better humans. Um, I'm in the journey with you, the things that I experience as a parent, as a person, as a human, just trying to make it through. <laughs> Very good. Let's Since I don't have the... Uh... The graphic for it let's say the instagram thing again a little slower and then it sure. will be in the show notes so say that sure. again instagram handle is the same as the website just put at in front of it at hasten helping hands gotcha excellent well thank you so much for being here jenna it, it, I, I love these conversations i always benefit from it and i always tell folks you know really the reason i'm doing these podcasts is i get to have interesting conversations we're really happy for people to eavesdrop on them so we do hope it's been a joy. 
Indeed. We hope for folks that have been listening that it will be useful. Uh, and I'm going to turn it over to my live self at this point in order to close out the program. So, uh, Don, take it away. Isn't that a really weird segue? But I think it worked out okay. In any case, appreciate you being here with us on the Alignment Show this week. Coming up next week, we're going to have another friend from the Speaker Speak Live group. I've gotten to know Mitch Creighton, and i got to tell you, I love his voice. I mean, it's just one of those radio voices. Uh, Mitch really knows his thing as far as travel. And as we're coming out of the pandemic, I know technically we're still dealing with it. Maybe it's become endemic. Whatever it is, people are traveling more now. What I didn't know about Mitch was his backstory. And I've learned that he had to go through a, a severe challenge in order to get to where he is now. So that's going to be coming up next week on the Alignment Show. In any case, I hope that as we have these conversations with people, that it supports you in figuring out what's important to you and how you can bring your life into alignment with that. That's what we're all about here on The Alignment Show. As we like to say, we want to support you in living your values and valuing your life. And we look forward to seeing you next week on The Alignment Show. That's it for this week's episode of The Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness. And remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.